You will notice that every episode of Monkeys Took My Jetpack contains an explicit tag, meaning there may be language which would be unsuitable for work or for children. This time, we mean it. You've been warned. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thank you for downloading Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 51. Today, we are going to bring you the first session of Dungeon World, which was played in the interim between sessions where Moondog could make it. We had learned that he was going to have to limit himself to bi-weekly instead of weekly sessions with us, and so we decided to fill in the off weeks with various one-shots and things of that sort, and Dungeon World was the first one of these. Now, I put the character generation issue, which was number 36, up kind of as a repeat because a lot of podcatchers are not getting the full number of episodes for some reason, so I decided, including mine, so I decided, well, I'll put it up there because it's been a while, and rather than make people hunt it down on the website. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that, because we start pretty much where that leaves off, even though there was a Dresden session in between the two. The cast is simply Josh as our Game Master. I don't know if Dungeon World has a spiffy title for that. Dungeon Master? Game Master? Well, whatever. Same diff. Yours truly, Blind Geek as Florian, the Paladin, and Trilobite as Zeno, the Wizard. That's about all I have to say. So let's just jump in here, shall we? Grab a cup, bottle, glass, or can of your favorite beverage. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Monkeys took my jetpack. Issue number 51. Rogue's fear is missing. Just the texting with him. Ah. And I have all the gaming accoutrements ready to go. I've got dice. Ooh. I've the got sweet sound of porcelain. Doritos. Mm-hmm. And I've got Mountain Dew. Ah, yes. I have my coffee. I just downed a bunch of Pez. Wow. Yeah, well, you're talking about this, uh, I can't remember the name of the witch queen you had. Dinara. I just Dinara. tried to create fantasy name. That's fine. I suggested Salandra, but when you're talking about trying to convince her the error of her ways, I'm thinking that, it occurred to me that the Ashen Queen is supposed to be, like, all undead and everything returned from the abyss and is probably fairly set in her ways. But mm, I'm okay. thinking of, like, having some of that was more, like, fleshy and 
Well, is there one that would work with that? Let me take a look at the oh, bombs. No, no, and that, and that's, you know, here's here's the thing. Uh, I shouldn't. This is cooperative, so I shouldn't be telling you like here's how this NPC is. So no, I like using the stuff that you came up with. I consider that cooperation. I didn't come up with much other than that. Like 100 years ago, the Witch Empress Salandra summoned the Tarasque in a botched magical ritual, destroyed the uh, capital city. Basically, the empire fell oh, 100 sweet. years ago. Tarask was banished back to the abyss. Human empire civilization was shattered. And then the Ashen Queen rising back to powers, which is Queen Salandra, come back from the abyss, ruling over her burnt realm of ash. I like it. Oh, man, I can totally picture this being some weird realm in which ash is continually raining from a blackened sky. Yes, it is now. (laughs) <laughs> At least in her area, yeah, in the old capital city of Argent, what used to be the capital city. Awesome. I pictured her too because I actually used her in a story uh, – grabbed this from a story I was writing where she's basically uh, trying to maintain her beauty by bathing in the ashes of her subjects. So kind of a awesome. strange Elizabeth Bathroy version. All right. I yeah, like if you want to have a link with her, that's all right. And actually, since it's only been 100 years and we don't know anything about how wizards work, if you want to be just that old. Yeah, that's totally what I'm thinking. I think that would be great. Ah, so a former wizard for the uh... – oh, were you her, her apprentice? Oh, yes. That's awesome. I love this game because it had, does things like this. We haven't even started. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. Ah, that's it. Woefully misinformed. I think that was yeah. That was the one I was quoting incorrectly there. And I can former totally princess, picture the, the scene Landra, with the like, witch empress, the former empire which fell a hundred years ago when the Tarasque ravaged the land. Awesome. And the girl hero known only as the Maiden stared down the Tarasque and banished it back to the abyss. <laughs> so she gave it the stare. Yep. Because she was pure of heart, you see. Works for me. Or so the legend says. Well, you know, I was there. Well, I mean, not there at the time. You've heard stories. But I was around. Anyway, what are these things we were supposed to do that we that uh, we haven't <laughs> done that I had apparently okay. had figured one of but hadn't put it on my actual sheet because uh, – these are the bonds. These are your connection with other characters, okay. uh, player characters, especially, but also I'm going to have you guys, since there's only two of you, make some with NPCs as well. Okay. Well, I'm trying to do this without having to look at the book because that involves pulling out the PDF and finding the right page and mm-hmm. reading when I'd rather be interacting with my friends. So I understand. Let me, um, uh, I can bring okay. You need to go here. talk to your friends. I mean, let's <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, the hell with you guys. I'm going to go. <laughs> okay, so the paladin here. Uh, here's your bonds. Blank's misguided behavior endangers their very soul. Blank has stood by me in battle and can be trusted completely. I respect the beliefs of Blank, but hope they will someday see the true way. I think that's what I was going to use for... Um... And Blank is a brave soul. I have much to learn from them. Yeah, I respect... What's... Zeno. I respect Zeno's beliefs, but I hope he will someday find the true way. Awesome. And then if you can want to fill in one of those with an NPC, that would be great. Is that Z-E-N-O or Z-I-N-O? Z-E-N-O. 
Z-E-N-O. Eric, what was your uh, paladin's name? Florian. Oh, that's right. This is one of those newfangled hippie cooperative games, so I can't... I was going to ask you, and what NPCs do we have that I can... Come up with one for That's me. what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> um, hippie dippy duck squeezer bullshit. The campaign world I'm picturing, and again, this will change for how you guys... But I'm... I, Want to do kind of a fairly dark ages, not really a dark game, but more like kind of a pulp feel to it. So kind of dark Conan, sword and sorcery style, kind of like a Dragon Age would be a good example. Is Hyborian the right word for that? Yeah, Hyborian is one of them. Uh, so like big human empire fell only 100 years ago. The gods have been mostly forgotten or abandoned as humanity struggling to rebuild their civilization, at least. Not, not like it was a total apocalypse, but you know, the... Like the fall of the Roman Empire. It was a big empire, now it's all shattered and scattered again. Bunch of petty kingdoms. Um, you're both playing humans, but I was picturing like the dwarves kind of have retreated back to their holdfasts. Oh, they always do, ground. those damn dwarves. Um, yeah. I had the idea the elves have just been totally removed from their homeland by the orcish hordes, so they have no lands of their own, so they're kind of uh, wandering. Nice. So for the NPC, do I take one of those that you just mentioned, or... Can I make up my own, or how? Yeah, how make to... up your own, please. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. He said, holding up the game while he thought and contemplated on. Well, what... while you're thinking, uh, Zeno, what bonds did you take? Let's see. I have Florian will play an important role in the events to come. I have foreseen it. All right. And Salandra, the Ashen Queen, is mistaken in her views. I must show her the. No, was it? I think it's woefully misinformed. misinformed. Sorry. About the world, I must teach them all that I can. Yes. All right. Okay, then uh, I must teach Salandro the value of using herbs and spices in the proper way. That's... <laughs> what? I think he's talking about cooking advice. Yeah. Well, you have to admit, Salandro is very derivative of cilantro. So well, let's try to make it derivative of a salamander, actually. Oh. Well... Let's see. Are you mad? You can't put salamanders in stew. Skin them first. Oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> it is time for... Oh, what the hell? It's... Usually go with your first impulse. Yeah. It's time for Rogue Spear the Dwarf to stop hiding and retake up the cause. And once more take up. Yeah, it's time for Rogue Spear the Dwarf to stop hiding and once more take up our cause. Nice. I'm not sure exactly what our cause is, but that's what I got. Our cause is to save the Empire from whoever... Queen Salandra. Tro. Tra. Salandra. Salandra. Salandra, if it helps you. <laughs> Indra. Queen Salandra. Queen Salandra, Officer Krupke. Salandra at Link, secret chimp. <laughs> What's Officer Krupke from? I West Side Story. No idea. I don't know. I, I know the name. Uh, West Side Story. Is it really? Okay, I've never seen West Side Story. Yes, it must have just popped up from some other. Uh, oh, I usually use then. Officer Krupke when I need a cop in a pulp game or something, and I can't think of one. Oh, it's just like whenever, uh, I, whenever I've got two NPCs working together, like as usually as goons or guards or something, it's uh, Rico and Alvarado. Pico and Alvarado. That works. And if there's a third one, it's Tirebiter. I like Tirebiter. That's a great yeah. name. And that comes from a Fireside Theater album. Oh, man. I think my 
dad had some of that yeah, stuff? Yeah, my dad did too. I never listened to him until I was into my early 20s or late teens. And um, I don't think I've he had ever college. listened. Well, he had him in college. I never listened to him. He just mentioned him once or twice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I grabbed some one day on a whim. I'm like, oh, there's those things. By- I saw him at the FYE or whatever. I'm like, oh, those things dad talked about. It took a couple listens to figure them out, but they are hilarious because they're meant to be listened to multiple times because the comedy is layered. Because while the nice. main script's going on, there's some other weird stuff going on in the background you miss on the oh, first, I love second, that kind of and stuff. fifth. Yeah, who, someone was was recommending them to me, and I can't remember who it was, but they were like, Probably. I can't believe you haven't heard them. You, that's so up your alley. You need to check it them is. out. I mean, they're very 60s and early 70s. So, yeah, that's where my standard names come from. All right, let's figure out who these characters are here. So yes. Zeno, the human wizard. Mm-hmm. What's your look and everything again? Let's see. I have do, – do, do, let me bring this up. I believe it's sharp eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes, sharp eyes, a pointed hat, a thin body, and strange robes brocaded with bizarre shifting symbols. All right. And what's your alignment? Wizard. Wait, no. Not quite. Uh, neutral. Neutral. All right. Um, all right. So are there, uh, in this world, since you are the wizard, are there many other spellcasters? Or is that a, is, how, how rare are... Uh, there were, but the council was slain during the ill-fated ritual, which led to the disaster. Gotcha. All right. So I alone there's, survived. There's, there's still spellcasters around, but actually established capital W wizards since the fall of the empire. Not so much. Yep. All right. I'm the last of the 12. Ah, very good. And you were the apprentice under Salandra, the Ashen queen. Mm-hmm. All right. Her direct understudy. Did you try and stop her when she uh, was going to summon the Trask and consolidate oh, yeah. power? Totally the scene where I was in my lab, looked up, and said, something's wrong, something's amiss, and burst into the ritual chamber. You cannot do this. The energies are beyond even your control. And then explosion. Nice. There you go. So what have you been doing for the past 100 years? Largely studying, recovering my energies. That's why you're only a level one wizard at this point. And waiting for the proper time. So you're only a level one wizard, but you were uh, on the council. So are you, are you just a minor member and it's taking that long to try and get up? Or are you relearning stuff you once knew? I really like the idea of my essence or something having been blasted out of me. Or I died, but not as men understand it. Gotcha. So you're a mini Sauron. And have returned from the black reaches beyond... Beyond death's kingdom. Yes. Very good. I'm, I'm going to write down that exact phrasing. Uh, Death's Kingdom is used a lot in here. In fact, when you hit zero hit points in this game, you have the opportunity Oh, that's right. to make a bargain with death. Death comes to you, and depending yep. on how you roll, you can either bargain with them or, or not. Is death played by Adam Carolla? Death is that would be, be great. Death is going to be different depending on who he appears to. Okay. <laughs> For you, yeah, we'll have Adam Carolla. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. Adam, no, Adam Carolla, or do you want Norm MacDonald? Here. <laughs> Adam Carolla. He, he was played by both. Yeah. All right. So we've got Florian. 
the paladin. And did you go with lawful or good as your last? Um, I went with, it's on the thing there, but for the benefit of the people who aren't able to see it. For those of you playing along at home. Oh, you passed it for me. Very good. Lawful is what I went okay. with. I because I don't think a paladin could really pull off neutral and get away with it, could they? Or, uh, your lawful and good are your two options. Ah, oh, well, there you go. And my look is fiery eyes, styled hair, and a worn holy symbol, which is a ring. What and a fit god? What's the name of your god that you follow, or, or do you follow more of a philosophy more than an actual personified spirit? I think I follow a philosophy more than a personified spirit. And what kind of philosophy? What would what would that be? Actually, the god I follow is Jim Crackcorn, and the philosophy. I don't is, care. That's right. <laughs> no, oh. um, <laughs> it's an Aztec god. <laughs> Jim Crackcorn is. <laughs> You make me so angry. (laughs) (laughs) My philosophy is... It would probably have helped if I had come up with a philosophy before I made that choice. doesn't matter, though, because if I had said a god's name, he would have asked, what kind of god is this god? Yeah, I was going to be what... Yeah, yeah, so I would be basically six of one and half a dozen of the other. Damn it. I hate these. Sometimes you just want to play a game where you just say, okay, spoon feed me. Let's go. No, I'm just joking. I'm just stalling for time. That's what I'm actually doing because I'm not coming up with it. What kind of empire are we living under right now? The way I pictured it is that the human, what was the former empire, has basically been shattered, and now it's just a matter of a lot of petty kingdoms and warlords and would-be kings vying for power, still scrambling, trying to set up their own lands. So kind of like Europe after the fall right. of the empire. Okay, so that okay. Or a big soccer game. With that too. <laughs> All right, so this guy could actually turn into the Hitler of the game without meaning to. There should be one rule, one uniting force. Could that, be. That, there was in Rome. Yeah. You are lawful, not necessarily good. That's true. Of course, he thinks he's good. He doesn't see yeah. the downside of this whole thing. That's usually how it works. Yeah, I think, what the hell, we'll do that. He's Keep the trains running on time. That's right. He is a or at least execute those who complain about them being late. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I picture him going that far, but he definitely is you, of the you opinion. You get experience points when you deny a heretic or a criminal mercy. Ah, well, we'll cross that bridge when we jump off of it. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when I build it from the bones of the non-believers. Oh, the emperor! So are you going for like a Judge Dredd type of thing where it's like, it's the law. Yes. Yes. Lawlessness will mean eventual death. Our society is already merely a fable of what it once was. And it is my duty. It is every man's duty to bring it back to the glory that it used to be. Bring it back from the ashes of decay into the glory. I am the Lando Malari. Of no matter how many people I have to kill in the process. That's right. And I the am beatings will continue until the empire is restored. <laughs> and I am the second of twenty who feel the same way that I do, and we are determined to find followers and Okay. And, so yeah, uh, you belong to an order? Yes. Okay. And the first of twenty was Rogue Sphere. Oh, okay. The dwarf. The dwarf, yes. Ah, who is nice. he's a he has abandoned his post and has gone into hiding, along with Why? the rest of his kind. 
and uh, I am not sure why. My why well, I mean is my, my character is yeah exactly that's the plan. Okay, order of twenty. What's the name <clears> of your order? The order of unification. That sounds nicely um, yes. sinister. <laughs> I believe Stalin had a order of unification. Yes, well, but of course he does not. I, I don't know that, but <laughs> that sounds nicely Stalin-esque. Yeah. Yes. The order of unification. You have a symbol? Hmm. Two hands clasping together to form one fist. Oh, sweet. Nice. I really like that. <laughs> Thank you. And that strength in numbers thing. Nice. Are you a secret order, or does everyone... No, like when up, there's one of them unification guys. That's true. If we don't have a... There's only 20 of you. I don't know if you have secret handshakes and code words. Well, or that's how we know it's like... okay to bring the pot. No, that's a good... I'm, I'm thinking because the Empire as it stands right now has no... Or is it still a remnant from the Empire? And you've kind of, the past hundred years, it's kind of been passing back and forth. And like, no, we had power. We still have power. The fact that you don't recognize it isn't our problem. I actually like that. All right. Because it kind of fits oh. in with his paladin-ishness. Can I oh, make so a almost, suggestion? So almost, so almost like the Jedi. Like, oh, it's the outdated yeah. order of unification. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Your sad devotion to that, that ancient religion. Yeah, yes, you have a sad devotion to ancient <laughs> That's oh, why man. there are only 20 of us, because so many people. There you go. That's 19 more than there were of Jedi. That's right. Or 18. Can, eight, well, can I make a suggestion? Yeah. Sure. What if your order, like your order militant or whatever, were a holdover maybe from previous times, even before the Empire, and their group was sent out on some impossible quest way out into the hinterlands, and it's when we came because back, of that, it was that all, they survived. When we came back, it was all gone to shit. Yep. We can't leave for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Ooh, or did Salandra, the witch empress, send them away to get them out of the way? That's what I was picturing. Yeah. Couldn't disband them or... They're not going to like it if I summon this giant monster. I'll just get rid of them. Hey, guys, there's some heretics over across the mountains. There you go. We'll go check it out. Thanks, you do that. (laughs) Right back. All right, so what quest are you on right now here, Florian? Dedicate yourself to a mission through prayer and ritual cleansing. State what you are about to do. Either slay blank, a great blight on the land, defend blank from the iniquities that beset them, or discover the truth of blank. Hmm. And slay, defend, and discover the truth can be pretty broadly defined. I would say, based on how we're taking this, discover the truth of why they were sent off into the great beyond, or whatever the hell we want to call it, off into the hinterlands. Hinterlands. I like that. That's as good a term as any. And also to find Roachfear, because as far as he was concerned, they were all together, but now Roachfear is gone. And no Spell one, that name for me. It, it's on the screen! R-O-G-R-O-G-U-E-S-P-H-E-R-E. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see it. <laughs> okay, it's Roachfear. I was spelling it Rogues. I first tried to spell it Roachfear. Um, then I was spelling it Rogue's Spear, as in a... Rogue Spear? That might act... No, I like Spear. It sounds better. Rogue Spear. Okay, that's fine. So, we don't know what happened to Rogue Spear. And since Rogue Spear was his mentor, he really wants to find him. But he's worried that Rogue Spear turned 
to the other side, and that's why he's no longer with them. And that is not letting him sleep well at night. And I want to keep this voice. I have a slight sore throat, and I got this voice, and I like it. And it's probably going to go away in a few days, and that makes me sad. No, like, once you get that, then you kind of know how it feels in your throat, (laughs) and you know how it sounds inside your skull, and you can practice and find a way to get it again most of the time. Hmm. Cool. All right. Yeah, well... Okay, so you've got two boons right now, then, that you get to choose up to uh, while you're on your mission here. Uh, you get either an unwavering sense of direction to blank, invulnerability to something, a mark of divine authority, senses that pierce lies, a voice that transcends language, or a freedom from hunger, thirst, and sleep. Well, since I'm trying to find... Hmm. You know, that's the other thing. I want to add one more detail. Yeah. We, we were all... Hmm. If I do that, though, what makes Rogue Sphere different from any of the other ones? I was going to say, we were all separated... Uh, he's a dwarf. He could be the only dwarf and was alive during the time. That'll work. Because I like the fact that we're trying to unite ourselves as well as the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're like, like, so he was there back in the hundred years ago. Maybe he recruited you all humans because everyone else was dead. Right. So you guys weren't there, but now you're like trying to keep up the good fight. But now we're all disbanded and no one knows. But I want to find him because he was my mentor. Mentor. Nice. What did you do before you became a paladin? Where did Rogue Spear find you? He found me flipping flapjacks in the local tavern. That's fine. <laughs> he saw something in you. That's right. Had a rather syrupy sweet disposition, and he yeah. took to it. Up there in the woods with the, with the lumberjacks. <laughs> That's right. Flipping <laughs> flapjacks. <laughs> Well, they're in the woods with the lumberjacks is a whole another story. Now, now. All right, so what two boons do you want there? A voice that transcends language, and I'm sorry. Alex, can you read me the categories again? An unwavering sense of direction to blank, <laughs> invulnerability to blank, i.e. edged weapons, fire, enchantment, etc. A mark of divine authority, senses that pierce lies, a voice that transcends language, or freedom from hunger, thirst, and sleep. I don't want that one because I think the fact that he can't sleep is an interesting twist. But I'm thinking hmm, an unwavering sense of direction to, you know, I like that. An unwavering sense of direction to members of the order. But it doesn't help him. He can't just, it's not like, oh, I know where they are, so why don't I just go find them? All he knows is when he's going the right way. It's not a trail he can follow. It's an inner knowing that he's going the right way. So It will lead him there eventually. eventually. Gotcha. That's good. That's not a compass in his nose or anything. Right, right, right. All right, all right. So we got two characters here. One was present at the Bali Empire. The other one has been told of the glories of the former empire and wants to rebuild it. So you've both got a reason to be together. Yes. Working towards rebuilding the human empire. Right. So you two have been traversing the land, looking for clues on ways you might be able to renew the empire. How long have you two been adventuring together? What do you think? Blindy? Six years. I don't know. Ooh. You've been together for a bit. Yeah. Right? Six years together. All right. You guys are out in the hinterlands now. Not in the deep hinterlands, but kind of the area that was still fairly wild and untamed during the Empire. So kind of like how uh, 
Britannia would have been during the Roman period. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically part of the empire, but not a lot of imperial presence. Not quite as far off as Rogesphere and the other unification men were back in the day, but it was a place to start for clues. You guys quite recently had stopped in a uh, uh, small town to resupply, take some rest, learn some stuff. What was the name of that town? Hmm. Lud. Lud. All right. Famous for its... Uh, the Luddites. Luddites. <laughs> How many dice do I need for this game? Uh, you'll need... Uh, yes. 2d6, and then I believe your damage is 1d10, so that should be all you need. Oh, before you go too far, yeah, let's go over really quick. Let me go over the basic moves with you on how everything works. That should take but a moment. Let me bring up my moves sheet here really quick. I have to remember all these. That's one reason I was... Yeah, we got to get going, especially if we... It's a good thing we're not playing monks because we'd have to be busting out those moves fast as lightning. (laughs) To me, that's just a little bit frightening. All right. It just requires expert timing. So the basic, the basic way things work in this is that um, the fiction informs the mechanic, which then fiction informs and triggers the mechanics, which then informs the fiction again. Okay. Uh, so basically, what you'll do is uh, we, we talk, we do what we're doing. Now and again, you know, in order to do something, just do it. Now and again, when your character does something, it will trigger a move that you'll have to roll for. When you make a move, what you'll do is roll two d six. You will usually add a modifier to that, usually your uh, stat modifier. So if you got plus two modifier on your strength, you'd roll 2d6, add two to that. If you roll a 10 or more, that indicates that you pretty much get what you wanted, free and clear, no problem. Mm-hmm. A 7 to 9 means a partial success, uh, which means you've gotten most of what you wanted, but at cost or with complications. Uh, 6 or less means uh, you failed and... I get to make moves against you, and you probably won't like them. And that's the basics of it. The basic very moves, octane-esque. It's uh, very octane. Again, same DNA as a lot of this. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of the uh, yes, yes, but, and no type of things. Uh, it's usually a, typically not just a no. It's usually no and. So the basic moves are hack and slash, which you use whenever you're attacking a melee, uh, enemy in melee. You roll plus strength. On a tenor up, you deal your damage and avoid their attack, or you may choose to do extra damage and open yourself to attack. Out of 7 to 9, you deal your damage, and the enemy makes a strike against you. There's volley, which you roll up decks. That's for making a ranged attack, and there's some modifiers there that will come up. Defy danger is a general catch-all move for whenever you try to act despite imminent threat or suffer a calamity. You tell me how you're trying to deal with it, and you can use pretty much any of those Stats, strength, dex, con, intelligence, however you're describing getting away with it, either by powering through or enduring or trying to dodge, any kind of thing like that, and you'll roll that. Defend is when you try and stand in defense of a person or an item or a location, so basically when you're trying to interpose or block someone else. Not really necessarily defending yourself, that would be under defy danger, but if a troll is bearing down on Xeno, floor mm-hmm. you can go, you know, I jump in front of him with my shield! That would be a defend move. Okay. Or if you're standing there like, no one will get through this doorway while I... You shall not pass! That would be a defend move. Okay. Awesome. Just bringing up your shield to block an orc from smashing you in the head, that's generally going to be a defy danger. Defy danger. Okay. 
Uh, spout lore is basically when you consult your accumulated knowledge about something, you'll roll plus intelligence. When you ask me, like, well, what do I know about this and this? On a 10 plus, I'll tell you something useful and interesting about the uh, subject. On a partial hit, I'll tell you something interesting. It's up to you to make it useful. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know uh, if that's funny to me, but it is. Discern okay. realities is where you try and closely study a situation or person. Uh, you roll plus wisdom. And there's a list of questions that you can ask that you can take a plus one forward when acting upon. That's specific questions that you can ask. Parlay is when you have leverage on a GM character and you try and manipulate them. Leverage is something they need or want. Mm-hmm. Leverage, you know, so money, bribery, also you not putting a sword through their head. Most people want that. Yeah. On a hit, they ask for something and do it if you make a promise to them. On a seven and nine, they need some kind of concrete assurance of your promise right now. So either pay them or sheath your sword, that kind of thing. Aid or interfere, basically, whenever you try and help someone with whom you have a bond, you'll roll plus your bond with them. So if you've got mm. one bond with someone, you've got that's a plus one. If you've got two bonds with someone, that's a plus two, that sort of thing. And then on a ten up, they get a bonus or a penalty, depending if you're trying to aid or interfere that with them. On a partial hit, you expose yourself to danger. And then there's some other rules that may or may not come into play here. But those are the basic ones, and there's some like more advanced ones that you do, like at the, when you die, if you worry about encumbrance, when you make camp for the night, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You carouse in town, or try and recruit hirelings, and we'll get to those later. These aren't quite as important. Okay, and so anyway, you mark experience points, basically at the end of session, if you've played up to your alignment, as well as we'll ask some questions about what you've learned about the world, what you've conquered, what you've gained. But mostly, you're going to get your experience points from whenever you fail a roll, Okay. Yeah, you get a six or less. You get mark experience points. Okay, works. So it takes some of the sting out. Like, sure, you're falling down a cliff, but hey, you get an experience points. <laughs> and you level up whenever you get seven plus your current level in XP. So right now you will get XP when you hit eight. Sweet. And then you gotta camp. But when you wake up in the morning, hey, you've leveled. So that's Feel the so much more invigorated. Might be a lot to it but it gets to be really uh, intuitive after a bitty bit. All right, so you're in the town of Lud, where you've spent the past couple of days. Most recently, you've been talking to a man named Old Thule, who is the local barfly at the local tavern, which is called the Drunken Dowager. <laughs> While looking for Rogue Sphere, uh, you've heard rumors that were confirmed by Old Thule and others that there was a uh, dwarf, kind of a grizzled old dwarf with eyes like steel and skin like boiled leather. Mm-hmm. Sure sounds like Rogue Sphere, who had come through here. He had claimed that he had just wiped out a bunch of bandits that had been plaguing the road for the past several months. He accepted no reward, just a meals and drink on the house. And just about a week or two ago, before your arrival, he had left to go check out a burial mound few miles outside of town where he had heard rumors of old artifacts and whatnot thereabout. He has not come back since then. Real mound built out of blood mud. Very likely. By definition, yes, it would be. Yes. Old Thule is the one, he's the oldest man in town, knows all the local stories. He had told you that the uh, mound was apparently a burial mound or a cairn built by the old barbarian tribes that used to 
populate this land back before the Empire. So back in times of old, hundreds of years ago, it's apparently the burial mound, according to legend, of a man named Gileard Wolfclan. He was a chief of the barbarian tribes that used to populate the area. He was executed by his clan uh, when he went mad, him and his followers, his little coterie of hangers-ons. Some say that he had trucked in evil spirits, but they buried him in the mound there along with his retainers in order to appease his spirits in hopes that he wouldn't haunt them from the other side. There has been, there's actually no real stories of any kind of hauntings around there, but people just kind of avoid the mound on general principle. And that is where the dwarf, who never gave his name, was last supposedly heading for. So you packed up your gear and headed out to said mound, and you find yourself now out about a day's walk from Ludd at the base uh, in what's now more or less forest, that area, light forest, fairly large mound, uh, broken stones and boulders, some of which look like they may have at one time been carved standing stones, but have been worn down through centuries of rain, kind of litter the bottom of the mound. The mound bulges up kind of like the back of a tortoise from the ground. There's a twisted old oak tree growing at the top, pretty large, lumping, kind of leaning over what looks like the shattered remains of a small stone shrine on top. And in front of that looks like some kind of old well on top of the mound, uh, just kind of ringed of stones going into the earth. This desecrating the dead is not a fun business. That's what you see from the bottom of the mound. What do you so what do I know about the so-called barbarians who you know, once roamed these lands in the days of old, i.e. when I was a young apprentice? Well, now days of old is like days of old, so that's like, good, like uh, several hundred years. The empire was founded about 500, 600 years ago. This is before that. It came from the land of Lemuria. These would have yes. Been, well, not quite that far, but these would have been the barbarian tribes that the empire banded together to make an actual kingdom. Okay, so at least I know this is not some comparatively recent no. group or something from the age of the Empire this, or something okay, like but that. This sounds like a spout lore, so we're only plus intelligence. Okay, and that's 2d6 plus intelligence, right? Intelligence, yep. Let's see what we got here. Ooh, that is not too bad because that's a total of 11. 11, all right. So what do you know about the old barbarian clans? Well, in this area, each clan had a patron totem animal. Mm-hmm. Bears... Uh, ravens, snakes. This one would have been the wolf, hence the name Wolf Clan. And their shamans and their war chiefs were supposedly granted the ability to commune with their clan's totem spirit. And many of them, including the rumors, uh, including a wolf clan here, apparently were able to bind such spirits into tribal weapons that they used to help conquer their enemies and defend their homes. Uh, you've heard stories that the uh, sword of the wolf clan is, was supposedly buried with Gilead. So, this looks to be the burial mound of Gilead, in fact, former chieftain of the wolf clan. It was said that it was given to the barbarians of this region to bond with the great wolf spirit. We may find within his sword, and certainly there will be guardians here of one form or another. As well there should be. Desecrating the dead is not something to be taken lightly. It does not strike me that that would be the business of a member of the Order of Unity. 
Your friend must have had another purpose in mind when he came here. I agree. For what that purpose could be, at present eludes me. I suppose the only way to find out is to go skulking. And I stop from where I've paused by one of the weathered leaning stones and its engraved glyph of a stylized wolf and I'll just gesture at the burial mound beyond. Letting Florian take the loot. You see the remnants, this residue where at one point looks like it was inlaid with silver, which has long since been scraped away and pried out by local ruffians. As a paladin, do I have spells or anything like that? Or how does. Nope. Oh, okay. You're just badass on your own. You've got that. Uh... You've got the ring. You've got the ring. You've got the. Uh... Well, I don't know what it does. Okay, you've got the lay on hand. Okay, you've got lay on hand. Oh, that's right. Uh, when you touch someone skin to skin and pray for the royal being, you can heal them. Um, I, I got lay on hands, baby. I'm yeah. bad. On a 10 plus, you heal damage or remove one disease. On a 7 to 9, they're healed, but it's transferred to you. Maybe let me lay my that hands That works on, on others. It does not work on you. Ah, okay. Uh, you can ignore the clumsy tag on armor that you wear. Uh, you also got I am the law. When you give an NPC an order based on your divine authority... Roll charisma, um, and then depending on how well you do, uh, they've got some things. On a 7+, plus, they choose one, do what you say, back away cautiously, then flee or attack you. On a 10+, plus, you can take plus one forward against them. Though they choose, and then you also get a plus one uh, on your next move against them. On a miss, they do as they please, and you are at a negative one against them on your next roll. Okay. I am the law! I am the law! Okay. None of which is really that applicable here. Nope. Well, how does one... What do you want to do? ...try to get into the burial mound? Well, walking around, you don't see any entrance here at the bottom, but like I said, there's a shattered old shrine up top, as well as what looks like a well at top, just outside mm. of the shrine. All right. And let's go to the well. Ostensibly, you could dig your way in, but there's probably several tons of dirt to move to get there. I wonder if there's probably a secret... Well, no, mounds are not made to be gotten into. They're made to bury what's inside. That is generally how it works. Yes. Historically has never kept people out. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious for some reason about that tree up at the top. How tall is... When you say at the top, does that mean like we have to climb the thing to get to the tree? The mound is a pretty steep climb because like I said, it's a fairly well-rounded uh, lump of earth probably about 20 feet up. Okay. But it's not going to be an easy climb. But it's nothing that you can't handle. It'll put you to the test, but you, it's nothing you have to make a roll for. It's okay. just it's a pretty steep climb, but nothing assuming no one rolls boulders down on you or anything, nothing you gotta worry about. So you know you check out the well, I'll check out the tree. The tree itself's probably about thirty feet tall. It's really kind of twisty and lumpy and hanging over. It looks like it's about thirty feet tall. So is its my branches kinda hang out, lean out over the shattered shrine, which is probably about fifteen feet tall. At the top, although the, uh, a lot of the couple sides look like they're staved in from age. And then the well is kind of right in front of the shrine in the shadow of the tree. Okay. So that's what you see from down there. And what were you saying then? I'm going to go and check out the tree, feel it for interesting knots that maybe seem a little out of place or something like that. Okay. Uh, Zeno, what are you doing? I nod safely when he tells me to check out the well and head in that direction testing the ground before me with my staff. Okay. Uh, the 
ground is fairly loamy mm-hmm. and soft. Uh, there have been rains here, but it seems pretty sturdy, settled after several hundred years. You both climb up. Like I said it's a good steep climb, but nothing insurmountable. Florian, the tree is very twisted and gnarled. The uh, bark's kind of a dark gray. The leaves are a little darker and uh, more angular than you expect on a standard oak tree. You get the feeling that uh, the ground that it's been feeding itself on is probably not the most holy or healthy of grounds. It looks as though it's been twisted from the earth it's planted in over the centuries. Just gives you that sense of unease. Uh, Zeno... As you approach the stone well, it's uh, – by when I say well, I mean it's not like the old wishing well. It's more like there's a, a ring of stones, unmortared, maybe only about, say, a foot high, just kind of placed in a circle around a shaft going into the earth. And you hear – sounds like the sounds of harsh laughter kind of drifting up from the well. Not like evil, sinister laughter, but almost like a tavern-type sounding. Just kind of like a muddled conversation with sharp barks of amused laughter. Now, does it sound earthly or as if it's echoes from beyond this mortal realm? Hard to say from up here. It's certainly echoing mm-hmm. from under the earth. It's not at this point recognizable. It's still kind of far and distant, and you certainly can't pick out anything like words. It's just that kind of rhubarb of conversation and laughter. So I'm narrowing my eyes. I walk to the portal, and it's fairly low, right? Sunk into the ground, yeah. basically then I'll kneel by it and putting my hand out Uh over, closing my eyes, and I'm going to cast Detect Magic. Or does it work better for me to just describe what the spell looks like? A little bit of both. So what does it look like, number one? So I close my eyes, extend... Wait for a moment. The moment's gone. Sorry. (laughs) Extend my hand out over the black portal here, whisper sibilantly, and there's a breeze that comes up from the entrance into the burial mound, bearing with it sounds and almost strange lights. They're they're translucent, very faint, that seem to be winding between my fingers, like faintly luminous smoke (coughs) blowing up. Go ahead and roll cast a spell for me. That's roll plus your intelligence. This is a good roll for me. I like this. And that's a seven. All right. So a seven and nine. The spell is cast, but choose one. Either you draw unwelcome attention to yourself or put yourself in a spot. The spell disturbs the fabric of reality as it is cast, and you take a negative one ongoing, means continuing, to cast a spell until the next time you prepare spells means basically until you camp out next. Mm-hmm. Or after it's cast, the spell is forgotten. You cannot cast a spell again until you prepare spells. So draw attention to yourself, take a negative Definitely. one for continuing spell and casting, or forget it. Definitely draw attention to myself. Everyone always chooses draw attention to yourself, and I don't blame them. All right. Florian, yes. while you're looking at the tree there, you hear Zeno muttering and whispering under his breath the way he does for the past six years. <laughs> Um, oh, there he goes again. But he seems to be really intense on the spell he's casting. And his voice just getting louder and louder and hissing and hissing like he's really getting into the whole winds of magic routine. And that's about the time you hear like a clicking and hissing. And you turn around and you see from behind you, from the entrance of the shattered old shrine, comes, you see three pairs of glowing red, what look to be eyes, 
only a few feet off the ground, come clacking out. And as they exit the shadows and in the sunlight, it looks like they are uh, about the size of a large dog. Black insects, like beetles. Uh, their eyes glow red. Their carapaces are red, but like striped with vibrant black and orange. Uh, they come clacking towards you as their mandibles clack. Little puffs and jets of flame come bursting out of their uh, mouths. And they look like they don't seem to notice you, but all three are kind of bearing right down on uh, Zeno's back where he is totally unaware. What do you do? It's going to defend my brother. All right. So you're jumping in between there to interpose yourself or something? Yes. All right. Uh, with my halberd in hand, get back. That's obviously a defense move, so roll me a plus constitution. Okay. Base roll of seven plus constitution, so eight. All right. On a seven to nine, what you do is hold one. So you're holding a point in your hand here. As long as you stand in defense, you can, on the thing you defend, okay, as long as you stand in defense or when uh, you are the thing that you defend is attacked, you may spend this point that you're holding. Uh, one for one, and here's what you can spend it on. You can either redirect an attack from the thing you defend to yourself. You can have the damage of uh, whatever's attacking the thing you're defending. You can open up the attacker to an ally, giving that person a plus one against the attacker. Or you can deal damage to the attacker equal to your level. Okay. So you got that one point you're holding, and they are coming to attack Zeno. So what are you spending the hold on? Oh, you're spending it immediately? Well, they are attacking them, so this is the thing. So right now, you're defending, but they're still attacking him. You can okay. spend that hold and have the redirect the attack to you. Uh, or I can spend that hold and give him a more open... Yeah, give him a plus one against them. Yeah, I'll do that. Right. Uh, that means, Zeno, you're going to have a plus one on your next action against these guys, which is good because you hear... Uh, oh, and by the way, you don't find any... Uh, there does not <clears throat> seem to be, at least in the immediate area of your spell, does not seem to be any magic. Okay. So that does happen. Um, that answers a couple questions just by itself. Just about that time, you hear Florian jump behind you, shout, Get back! Or whatever. Uh, you turn around just in time to see three of those large uh, fiery beetles come bearing down mm -hmm. upon you. They are coming right at you. What are you doing? First of all, do I recognize them? Yes, there's uh, John, Paul, and George. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh Roll me a uh, spout lore. Okay. There's certainly beetles with fire coming out of their mouths. Yeah, I figure that's got to be fairly distinctive. But I have only a five. Okay. You've never seen these things before in your life. <laughs> ben, Florian, you and I have fought together all over the world for six years. I know that you're going to leave one of them open to me. How exactly do you do that? I swing my halberd. Is a halberd even something that you swing? I'm not sure what yeah, a halberd yes. is. Okay. It's basically a combination of spear and axe. Okay. Long shaft, speary point at the end, and an axe blade right next to it. Okay, so I swing my halberd at two of them, causing them to jump to the side, thereby making a more clear path to the third one for Zeno. So then that happens. Knowing that he's going to do this, anticipating it, yep. I then duck in under him. Uh -huh. and drive my staff, holding it with both hands, drive it directly at this thing's hideous face. Okay, so you are attacking, uh, that's a hack and slash with the staff. So roll a 10 plus your strength. Okay. 
or in my case, a 10 minus my strength. Yes. But that still comes out as an 8. Nice. Okay, so an 8, you deal your damage to the enemy, but the enemy may make attack against you. All right, roll your damage for me. And my damage is always the same, right? It's yep, based always on the, the same. Ooh, a mere one. Okay, oh. you smack it with your staff, and it's like hitting an iron pan as it just vibrates up your shaft. <laughs> That's vibrates <laughs> up the staff. Wow, all right then. Yeah, I know. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hello. <laughs> your staff vibrates in your hand as it just your feebly old wizard muscles cannot seem to get through its thick steely carapace and you do no damage to it and while you're doing that it grabs your staff and uh, rips it out of your hand and flings it down the uh, shaft where it clatters loudly oh, awesome Try clatter to clatter it. clatter clatter echoing you no longer have a staff they are built as if of iron what are you doing, Florian? You got two of them now. Uh, I'm gonna hack got, and sl- you've got their attention. I'm gonna hack and slash. All right. What are you doing? I am trying to pierce one with the spear, okay. and then swinging my axe blade at the. Well, it's the same device, but you know I'm doing the. Your attack. What's yeah. Cool. Roll plus your strength. Okay. Yeah, you want us two d six, right? Not yeah, not two d six. I'm looking at this number ten here on my okay. screen, and it's. Well, did it's did me. did you 2D6. roll two d six as well uh, um, in your last? Because you had said ten to him as well. Yes, so I, just I know, make... but I don't think he has a negative two in his strength. So okay, so only a negative one. Only a only I was just making sure. No, I, I realized as soon as I said that that I'm like ooh, but then it's math. So two d six plus your strength. Oh God. Okay. Well, hopefully my strength has a decent modifier because I rolled a three. Ooh. That'd be that decent. It's a plus two, which makes it five, but I'm not sure that's going to... Nope. That's still not a seven. Do I get an XP? Yes. Oh, you both get XP. Sorry okay. for failing those rolls. Nice. You will have to remind me to remember that because I will forget it. Let's all remind each other. <laughs> <laughs> so far, we are about to get our asses handed to us in the first all right. 20 minutes of the game. Oh, it's far too early to say that. Florian, you take three points of damage as they both latch onto you, one on each leg. Um, I do have armor. They pierce right through your armor. <laughs> and it burns. Almost feels like it's burning your flesh with their hot mandibles as they uh, gnaw into your legs. So three points of damage to you. Um, Zeno, what are you doing? Do they seem to be making coordinated attacks? No. They do look like dumb animals. It seems like pure happenstance that they got the staff out of your way. Then I will fall back, literally dropping back and scuttle away as if helpless and terrified, moving perilously close to the well-like entrance. Oh, uh, you're going to try and convince them to jump down the well? Absolutely. All right, so that's actually going to give me... First off, give me a Defy Danger with Dexterity to avoid its oncoming attack. Hmm, could I possibly use Intelligence... Trying to outwit it based on what I've observed. And I'm really smart. I'll let you use intelligence to try totally to fall down the well, but first you're going to... just getting back there. Yeah, is you're, this is the scuttling backwards part. Yep. Well, I am not a bad scuttler. That's a seven. Seven. You stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome. Hard bargain or ugly choice. All right. So you can scuttle out of the way of the beetle's path, but it seems like the only way you're going to get out of the path is to go down the well yourself. 
He's got you backed up right against the well. Then I'm going to take that chance and head down the well. All right. The well looks like someone's carved handholds in here. Uh, Sweet. Seemingly for a someone who is shorter than a human. Mm-hmm. You are able to scrabble down for the most part. So you start scrabbling down. Looks like it goes down about... Well, you can't tell because after so many, about 10 feet or so, it starts to go off in the shadow darkness. But mm-hmm. the, the voices get louder as you start scrabbling down. All right, Florin, there's two biting at your shins. Your friend, Zeno, has seemed to scrabble down a well. Let's see. My ring does not seem to do anything. Nope, symbolic. How do you use boons? The boons are the things you have. That's the uh, unerring sense of direction and the uh, voice, voice that, trans- that transcends language. Uh, these are dumb animals. They do not have language. To transcend. Damn it all. All right, then I'm going to... Beating the shit out of them is a viable option. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's basically what <laughs> just, I'm... Just because it's a story game does not mean that crude violence is frowned upon. I'm going to try to pierce the eyes of one of them. Okay. No problem. Roll uh, plus your strength. Okay. Yeah, just because it's a story game, don't feel you have to be all literary and fancy. Nine. It's a story game of crude violence. You are allowed to beat shit <laughs> things. Okay, nine. A nine. All right, so you deal your damage, but the enemy makes an attack against you. So go ahead and roll your damage. Okay, that's 1d10. Damn it. Three. Three, hey. But, wait, doesn't my halberd gives me a plus one? Oh, yeah, the halberd so, should give you extra damage, yes. So four. You crunch through its carapace, and you do some damage. As I am an you, idiot. Uh, okay, next round. I'll uh, do that. As you uh, jab your uh, halberd into its flesh, though, its blood, or ichor, whatever you call it, you see it start to bubble and burn away at your halberd. Ooh. Ah, crap. And you see it looks like it is melting away your prized weapon there. All right, I pull it out. Good God. Give me a strength check. Defy danger for strength to pull it out. It seems like it's stuck in there pretty good. Okay. Danger, strength. Ooh, there we go. Eleven total. Eleven. You pull it out easily. It is damaged, though, so you no longer get the plus one, so it's just going to be your straight damage bonus. It's okay. Uh, the fire has bent, partially melted, and dulled the weapon. What do you do? Where? How far away is the tree? Not very far. All right. I'm going to try and throw... Crap, I don't know if I can do this in one action. I've never chopped down a tree in my life, so I don't know how realistic an idea this is, but... You chop down the tree and run... Uh, I'm gonna you're tr- not going to chop down the tree. Not going to chop down. It is a big, thick old oak tree. Okay. All right. I was hoping to cause it to come crashing down upon these guys. You could maybe get a branch, though, a heavy branch. All right. I will try to do that. All right. Uh, That sounds like a defy danger with strength. Okay. Eight. Eight. All right. So here's the deal. I don't like the sound of that. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, worst outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice The uh, tree branch comes crashing down You can have it land on them And pin them But it will also pin you <laughs> Well then what's the point Well they won't be able to get you Okay. But you won't be able to get them You'll all be pinned Or it can miss them <laughs> Okay, I assume that was the ugly choice What's the? Oh, you, oh, you pick one That's it, that's it Jim, okay. GM will offer you a worst outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice Oh, I didn't know the or Okay I will let it pin me. I have other actions to perform. I can get out of it. All right. You swing the halberd at a low laying tree. It cleaves through a nice heavy branch. No problem. Comes crashing <clears> down, <throat> the, pinning the fire beetles. 
But oh my goodness, it's crashed on top of you. You are all pinned underneath this nice, heavy tree branch. Now, Zeno. Yes. You are scuttling down here. What spells do you have memorized? I'm sorry. At the moment, I've got. I assume that I've got all of them. All the cantrips. Memorized, right? Or is there a certain number I get per day? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I failed I, to write I, that I down. Done this before. I didn't think about it. Uh, well, certainly detect magic. We know that. Prepare spells. Total levels don't exceed your own plus one. So you can have a total of two spells memorized. Your cantrips do not count. Gotcha. So first level of spells, you know. Did we choose what spells you know? Yes, I chose those. Okay, what spells do you know? I know detect magic, telepathy, magic missile, and speak with dead. Okay, that was the cleric one you chose. And I'm going with, for this one, since we were going out to a burial mound, detect magic and speak with dead. Not magic missile, huh? Shit. No, <laughs> Are you sure I will sense. let you say your call? <laughs> no, I'm going to go with that because it's what I think I would have memorized in advance because I have Florian with me. Having been, to- <laughs> <laughs> Having been together for six years, I am not sure Florian would have. I think Florian might have advised you differently, but... Nope, nope, we're going with it. I know, I'm just... Gave him multiple options yes, to did. back out. Yep, nope, you detect did. magic and speak with that. All That's right. what I'm going with, yeah. Mm. All right, so I you're... I know. <laughs> you are scuttling down the uh, well. Uh, you hear a large crash thud and probably dwarven cursing. Or he, no, it's not. He's not a dwarf. I keep forgetting that. No, but he may know a lot of dwarven curse words from okay, his yeah, mentorship. Let's, yeah, that the... seems like he would... Yeah, dwarven curse the words. It's the best language for swearing. (laughs) Just echoing from above you. From above me? Yeah. Ah. Yes. As in that's Florian swearing. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Good. I thought that was given. Okay. Yes, that is why you hear. So was I able to convince this thing to follow me? Oh, no. He was uh, one of the three that's trapped under the branch. Ah, okay. So it is not coming down. No, it looks like it probably wanted to, but then a branch fell on. <laughs> so, seeing that, I'm going to mutter under my own breath, <laughs> mutter under my breath myself, and stop, take a breath, and then start climbing back up, probably <laughs> laboriously. All right. Are you trying to do it really quick, or are you being careful about it? I'm trying to climb up as quickly as I can. All right, give me a strength. Maybe in danger. Give me a strength check then. That's why I was swearing in anticipation of broken bones. Yep. Oh, um, five. A five. Climbing up is certainly not as easy as climbing down, but falling down is even easier. <laughs> Part of the uh, stone crumbles beneath your hand, and you come falling down into the darkness. Meanwhile, up on the surface, Florian, you've got a uh, large branch on you. There are very angry beetles clicking and hissing, trying to gnaw their way through the uh, branches. One of them shoots out a little jut of flame from its mandibles, and its end of the branch starts to catch on fire. What do you do? Well, I'm going to attempt to wriggle out from underneath this damn thing. All right. First of all. Give me a dex. High danger with dexterity. Ooh. Ten plus... Oh, ten is good. Unless you have a negative on your decks. That wouldn't be it's good. a zero, so ten. Okay. All right. You managed to wiggle out from under the branch. No problem. All right. Uh, the three beetles are now trapped under it, although it looks like they're starting to burn their way out of the wood. What are you doing? Now, we are above. Is there a 
drop off anywhere near this branch? What do you mean? I mean, can I shove the whole kit and caboodle off of the side of this thing and have it go rolling down? Yes, you can. It's not like a cliff, but it's a pretty no, steep, but it's steep at hill. Least... But yeah, if you want to try and shove, give me a defy danger with strength. All right. Look out below! <laughs> Nine plus my two strength, which is 11. All right. There we go. You do exactly that with a mighty heft and heave. You shove them all, and they go tumbling end over end down the hill where they kind of land on their backs. Two of them land on their backs, just kind of kicking, trying to get back right side up. The other one kind of scuttles off like he's decided you guys are too hard to bother dealing with. Oh, don't forget to mark that experience for falling. Ah, oh, yes. Failure experience. Thank you. All right. So they are, they, are, they are out of the way now, and they seem to be taken care of. And Blanky, do you get one for chopping that limb? And no, he, he succeeded. It wasn't, it wasn't a straight failure. It was just a Roger. Hit. All right. Your friend Zeno seems to be missing. Although last you saw, he was crawling down a well. Zeno! Zeno, what gear did you choose? Did you choose bag of books or the leather armor or... I've got a ill-fitting, antiquated leather cuirass okay. and a bag of books. You chose the... Oh, that's right. And did you choose the healing potions or the antitoxin? The antitoxins. Okay. As you land, oof, your backpack takes the better part of the brunt, so you don't take any damage, but you hear a cracking of little ceramic and glass jars... And a dripping that you think for a moment is your own bleeding, but you've come to realize that your antitoxins have all shattered in the fall. Ooh. That's consume the resources move for the GM. Uh, nice. Oh, the GM has fail. moves as well. Yes, I do. Uh. I could do damage to you, or I could do consume your resources. You don't know how far you fell. Uh, you seem to be on a ground of raw, packed earth. You can see a circle of light above you where the well is. Not much mm-hmm. light gets in here, though. It's kind of drifting. It's kind of misty and dusty in here just because you're in the cold, damp earth. Not really enough to see your surroundings. The uh, voices are louder down here, and it does sound just like kind of that masculine carousing and certainly the edge of alcohol on it, it sounds. The sounds of every inn and yeah. ale house on every road throughout the wide world. And it's a language that is not the human tongue. Hmm. Well, while I'm lying here, getting my breath back, I'm going to close my eyes for a moment and calm and recenter myself, take a full inventory of my mortal frame. You seem to be a little bruised but not hurt. However, yes, your antitoxins have all shattered in the fall. The crush-proof case that you bought at Trade Keep, apparently not living up to its name. Quietly. Not the use for which they were intended, but I suppose protection is protection all the same. And then, do I recognize this language? Not necessarily do I understand it, but do I recognize it? Go ahead and give me a spout lore. Hmm. That's a seven. Seven. So it's interesting, not useful. That certainly is Goblin, if ever you heard it. Goblin tribes once were fairly contained, but now they are starting to spread again with the uh, fall of the Empire. Many of them are being absorbed into the Orcish hordes up to the north and the east, but many of them are just getting bolder. That's what you recognize. Would you have ever in your past studied the language of goblins? Briefly, I think. 
only as a matter of passing curiosity that was related to some research into orcish rituals and their spirits. Okay. So you might know some liturgical phrasings as well as how to ask where the library is and whatnot. Right. Not enough to have any kind of conversation. No. Okay. Well, they are not talking about any of that. (laughs) But at least I recognize the language. Yes. That is goblin. Low goblin. It's a lower dialect. So I will haul myself painfully to my feet. And that's about time you hear Florian (laughs) shout down your name. Then I'm going to remain quiet in light of the fact that I have company here and simply wait. Florian, there's no answer from below. Zeno! A louder shout. Oh, would that I had prepared a mental bond with my companion, but one can't anticipate every circumstance. I'll move back just a little bit into the shadows, watching the direction from which I think I hear the voices. All right. You hear the conversation kind of pause, and you hear like a muttered, inquisitive conversation start up. Reaching down, I'll gather some of the grave earth and dust and put some of it on my robe, like rub it into the robe. Okay. Watching the direction I'm facing. All right. There's easy enough to get. There's plenty of dirt and mud and dust to be had. Uh, Florian, still no answer. My God, I hope nothing's wrong with him. I'm going to go and try and remember where I last saw him and head in that. Last you saw, he was climbing down this well. All right, then I'm heading that way. Okay. Are you sure this isn't a fiasco game we're playing? Because so far... Nope. No, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so you're climbing down the well. Are you climbing quickly or carefully? Quickly. Quickly. Give me a strength check. (laughs) Uh, By danger with strength. The handholds are in here, but they're made for someone smaller. Ten. Roughly? Okay. You scamper down, no problem. You know, you hear someone coming down the shaft. I'll look up, just moving my eyes up, but continuing my work with the robe. Oh, wait, wait, uh, wait. And- before I climb down, before we completely lose track, I retrieve my halberd from the... Uh, uh, no problem. Okay. I'm not going to go following for that trick again. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd forgotten. So anyway, you would have been ahead. All right. You've got your halberd. Yes, you know, you look up and it looks like the bulky form of Florian climbing down. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Florian, you get down there. It is dark. You don't see Zeno anywhere. You said you're hiding in the shadows? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dark chamber. You don't know how big it is. You don't know how any entrances or exits. Uh, you hear and kind of see the vague form of a uh, human-sized form making movements about itself in the shadows. Hmm. I ready my halberd. Wait, a human-sized shape, you say? Yes. Well, I know Zeno was in these... Zeno? I'll look up and then just carefully place one finger to my lips. All right. Now that your eyes have adjusted in the gloom and you've assumingly moved a little close to each other, you can vaguely see each other. Okay. Getting very close and speaking softly. Goblins. You do know that goblins can see in the dark. Excellent. Um, A few moments go by... And you hear, on a direction different from where you're kind of hearing, the the voices are mostly coming from one direction. Mm-hmm. And about, say, like 3 o'clock and about 6 o'clock, you hear kind of in the darkness another, like, 
shuffling, scraping noise, as if someone quietly trying to sneak in on you. I whirl to face the six o'clock intruder. Right? Actually, I guess we're really the intruders, but you know what I mean. True. You see the small, dull glintings here and there, as of small animal eyes, but not really enough to get a bead on them, and they approach closer. Now, if I remember, we all get basic adventurers. Yes, I believe you both have packs of adventuring gear, which is basically five blank slots where you can say, oh, I happen to have a blah with me. Okay, very good. As long as, like, standard adventuring gear. So that's your torches, 50 feet rope, 10 foot poles, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Plus five holy avenger sword. Nope. (laughs) That also spits fireballs. That's right. (laughs) Right not. Okay. What well, when do you I'm do? done with them, they'll feel like they had fireballs. Creatures in the shadows coming upon you. Mm-hmm. Stop! And when he says stop, I'll stand smeared with grave dirt and everything and raise my hands and cause a spectral, unearthly light to burst from my fingertips. Ow. Casting the light cantrip. Oh, there you go. All right. And I was using my... Eye of the law. Yeah. All right. You can't say that one without going into Sylvester. No, I've never heard anyone. (laughs) Yeah. People may bitch about how that movie was supposedly so horrible, but it's... Are you just saying stop or are you bringing out your divine authority? I'm bringing out my divine authority! How? No. How how are you doing that? Oh. Here, stop. Won't do it. I don't know. How does one bring out one's divine authority? Uh, you've got a holy symbol you can bring out. You can buy the power invested in me, me by blah in the name of... By the power invested in me by blah, I command you to stop! By blah? By the order of unification from the silver empire of the human regency. In the name of Glorax, I command you... Sweet. To stop! Glorax... Obviously, the founder of the human empire in times of old. <laughs> I love the name Glorax. <laughs> Obviously. Emperor Glorax the first. Long may he reign. First of his name. Last of his name. That's right. So you, roll me plus charisma. And Zeno, roll me a cast spell, which is uh, plus your intelligence. And it is 2d6 plus, right? Yes, yeah, so it's 2d6. Just... The only thing you'll roll that's not a 2d6 is your damage. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm understanding that correctly. That's a 10. That's a 10. So you cast your spell. No problem. So light. What's it look like when light cantrip hits for you? A sourceless ethereal silver light bursting from my fingertips. Actually, it should be, uh, according to this, should be an item you touch. Oh, very well then. Well, ordinarily it would be from the staff. Can I say that there is a architectural element in here, an arch or yes, something like there's that? Some, uh, wooden supports, yes. Then uh, from those wooden supports and perhaps more specifically from the wolf runes and icons carved into that. Absolutely. And you have control of color. So, yeah, you want to go with the silvery? Yeah, because I like the silver empire. And the uh, spell lasts as long as it is in your presence. Excellent. When you leave here, it'll fade out. All right, so... Little old wooden cross beam bursts into a silvery light while 
Florian sparks his command. Give me your uh, charisma roll there. It was eight. Eight. So they choose one. They do what you say. Back away cautiously, then flee or attack you. They back away cautiously. The light flares up. You see, approaching you were four short humanoid creatures, brownish-green skin, bat-like faces with little black eyes, wearing piecemeal garments of leather with bits of old coins nailed to them, little peaked hats, mouths full of misshapen fangs, carrying rough spears. They were uh, approaching towards you. The light flares, you bark, and they blink back for a moment and then run. Turn <laughs> and run, scampering away. You notice as they're running off that, okay, so what uh, the room you're in here, square room, in one corner in the ceiling is the shaft that you crawl down. Kind of on the left wall looks like uh, shelves that were built into the earth from wooden planks. They're covered with what looks like old clay jars, mostly broken. Some scraps of wooden bone here looks like what would have uh, at one point long ago been grave goods that were buried here. And that direction is where the voices were coming from. Mm-hmm. And say that's three o'clock, six o'clock from that is another passageway where the goblins came from and from which now they flee, two on each side of the hallway, running away. Ragged, degenerate creatures. Little yeah. more than mindless beasts. Damnably annoying, if you ask me. They disappear into the darkness. Still screaming, you hear them shouting. And be quiet! No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't do that. So this room... I'm sorry, at the three o'clock is what? Three o'clock is uh, the shelf of grave goods. Let's go check that out just for the hell of it. It would seem we found our way into the heart of the cairn. Let us seek signs of your former mentor here. That is my thought as well. And having so said, I'm going to sweep my gaze around this small chamber and see what I can see. Looking for boot prints or signs of more deliberate disturbance, maybe, than I think the goblins would be capable of. Sure. Go ahead and give me a uh, both y'all, since you're looking around. This is going to be a discern realities, so roll plus mm-hmm. your wisdom. So seven for me. All right, so you get to ask one of these questions. I'm going to post them in the Skype window here. Oh, thanks. Right, quick. And Eric, go ahead and give me a wisdom roll as well. Find my wisdom. That's the eternal quest of all men. <laughs> ah, shit. Your wisdom yeah, is. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a zero. It's minus one. no, it's minus one actually. No, nine should be a zero. No, no, no. I rolled a ten. My wisdom. Oh, is oh, oh! Eight. Your wisdom is. I see. It's an. I was looking at your intelligence. Yeah. Right. So, what'd you roll? A nine. Yeah. Okay, that's still a partial hit. So you both get asked one of those questions: What happened here recently? What's about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who's really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be? He's your mentor. You go first. What just happened here? What just happened here? <laughs> well, it does look like a bunch of goblins were going to come and smack you in the darkness, but they were scared by your uh, superior magic. It certainly looks like they might be running to go get help. Well, we got one useful bit of information out of that. And now? What here is not it appears to be. Uh, you see, as you're checking out near the grave goods shelves, a uh, outline mm-hmm. of what certainly looks like it's a hidden door carved and camouflaged 
behind the shelves. Mm-hmm. Goblins frighten easily, but they'll be back soon and in greater numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get a plus one forward, both of you, when working on these answers. I would have thought that what just happened here would be addressing what happened before we came into the room, but that's just me. I think you still got some useful info out of it, like yeah. exactly what the goblins' intentions were. Right. They're coming with, they're probably going to get reinforcements. Yes. I'm just but being, look here. Being a smart ass. I'll move to what looks like was the, I don't know, is catch or anything that I can see? It looks more like this. it just kind of pushes in. Okay. Uh, like it's on a counterweight. I'll say, but look here and reach out and press on the area. If there's nowhere specific, just press yeah. on it. Try to get it to move in if you can. It moves in a couple inches. It looks like it's actually fairly well used. Hmm. There's not dust or anything that falls apart. It looks like it's fairly often used. Maintained. A portal, once hidden, but has seen some use since the construction of this place. As you open it a couple inches crack, a warm glow comes out of it like a firelight, as well as the smell of cooking meat and too many bodies in a short in a small <laughs> space. Mm-hmm. And ale. It would seem the portal exits into a tavern or an inn. I heard the raculous sounds as of an alehouse conversation, albeit in Goblin. Maybe that we've come across their den. Hmm. As you say that, you hear... A scampering of feet and excitable shouting. Damn, Damn Jawas. Disgusting creatures. And you hear the mobilization sounds like clattering of weapons and things getting knocked over and more running around. Well, through the portal? We can hold it against many. Wait, the many are coming from back From the beyond end. the door that we opened. Right, not from the portal. No, that, yeah, is, the, that is the portal. The door that we opened is the I'm portal. Yep. Okay. He's using fancy language and confusing you. The secret door he opened is the portal. Oh, okay. Well, you've got a passageway. You've got the shelves and the secret door behind it at 3 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, you've got the passageway the goblins retreated down and were coming from. Okay. Then let's go through the secret door where the shelves are. And that is where I think it sounds like there's tons of goblins. Well, there's going to be tons of goblins here, too. So... Yep. Uh, Attic. Okay. You don't happen to have your magic missile spell ready, do you? I thought other preparations would be wise as we were coming to a realm of the dead. He gives you a look. Dad, speak not further on it. And I'll put my... <laughs> I'll, I'll put my back to his. <laughs> all right. I love the damn-it-all delivery there. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you. <laughs> Automatically going to brandish my staff? Yes, the staff was down here. Oh, okay. I thought it went down the side. <laughs> no, no, like it went down, down the, the side went, of the barrel. It went down the side. Okay. Bottom. Then I am, in fact, brandishing my staff, uh, putting my back to his, facing the direction which the goblins fled down, facing six o'clock, as it were. Okay, so you're down the passageway. Yep. Okay. Well, we've got a second. Do you have anything you could use to fix this? And I show him the halberd and how it's been melted a bit. It's beyond my abilities at the moment. Right. Of course it is, because you thought other preparations were... Yes. All right. Carry on. (sighs) All right. So you're uh, facing not the secret doorway, but the hallway. Yeah. I'm facing the hallway with my back to Florian's. Okay. Florian, what are you doing? I am holding my halberd at the ready. And waiting to skewer the first one of those bastards that comes through. 
facing the hallway? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't have to wait long as comes charging down the passageway for the goblins, led by a fifth goblin who is larger, almost dwarf-sized, carrying a axe in each hand while the three still have their spears. And they're charging right at you. What are you doing? Hack and slash. All right. Which one? Anyone but the leader. Anyone but the leader. All right. Hmm. All right. Hack and slash away as they come barreling upon you. Okay. I rolled uh, Looks like two of them are heading for the wizard. Two are heading for the paladin, and the leader is also heading for the paladin. I got a ten total on my roll. Ten total on your roll. Now, you have the option to either do an extra d6 of damage, but expose yourself to their attack, or just roll your normal damage without them hurting you. I'll just roll my normal damage. My luck in this has not been great so far. Four. Four. You got one armor, three hit points. You cleave one right in the shoulder, and it crumples to the ground. Spear clattering against the uh, packed earth floor. It is down. I pick up the spear. All right, you've got the spear. Hey, uh, Zeno, what are you doing? You've got two goblins bearing down on your spears. You've got a staff. Mm-hmm. Mage hands. But you wish we'd had that magic missile now, don't you? I said speak no further. <laughs> and I'm going to um, faint. Not very becoming of a wizard. No, not swoon, you fool. Faint. Um, I'm going to faint with the staff Uh and then hook it around in an attempt to hit one of the goblins on the wrist or on the hand where he's holding the spear. Okay. That's a basic back and slap. You're uh, you're trying to uh, disarm it then or just trying to hurt it? Trying to disarm it by fainting, because I know I'm not very strong. All right, let's go with the fight danger, then. Sounds like the fight danger of dexterity. Okay. Oh, I don't have a penalty on my dexterity, so that's a seven. That's a seven. Uh, Here's the thing. You can disarm it of its spear, but you're going to lose your staff in the process. (laughs) You need to get a thong on that wrapped around your wrist. (laughs) That works, then. All right. Yeah, so it looks really good. You've got to faint around, spin around, clack its spear away. And your staff gets tangled up with it, and they both go flying, clattering to the ground some distance behind you. I don't suppose I could try to catch them. Uh, you've already got the other spear. Okay, that's true. I have only two hands. The one goblin's disarmed and kind of scuttles back, looking surprised, while the other goblin is going to take a jab at you, uh, leaping over its friend. Over there on the Florian side, though, uh, you've killed one. The other one gets pushed out of the way as the larger goblin with the two axes comes bearing down upon you. What do you do? Axe is coming right at your face. I shall defend with the spear. Bring up the spear to parry? Yep. Sounds like a strength check. Go ahead. Seven. Can I see the lead goblin's face? Yes, you can. Oh, well then hell, okay. He's the one bringing the daggers out, right. or the axes. The axes. But I just wanted to make sure it is a goblin face. There's yes, no like, yes. okay, then I'm going to say abandon my attempt to protect the leader and just kill the motherfucker. All right. Yes, it is not a dwarf. Okay. It's just about the size of a dwarf, which is large for a goblin, but still small for a human. Yes. Well, that's why All I right. was. Sorry. I didn't, didn't even occur to me. What were you pairing with? I'm sorry, the spear? Yes. Okay. Uh, you can parry with the spear, but as the axe blades break into it, it's going to uh, shatter the shaft. Fine, because I could be left with a nice... you still got your halberd, and it's well, that, yet. and depending on how it shatters, I could have a nice, uh, deadly throwing 
Well, I already had a nice deadly throwing weapon in the spear, but... <laughs> Get rid of the spear. Get me a deadly throwing weapon. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you block the... Uh, a smaller the deadly throwing weapon. You block the axe blows, but the spear seems to have shoddy goblin make and it splinters in your hands. What do you do? I will throw the remaining jagged haft of the spear at him. Right in his face. Yep. More of a shove because he's right up there in your grill. Groovy. Actually, it's to your benefit now because the spear, it's hard to get someone right up in yep. right your face. Now thinking. it's just a little short 26. I just didn't uh, articulate it very well. Hack and slash plus what? Plus your strength. Okay, nine. Nine, all right. Roll your damage. Nine. There we go. Nine. All right. You do damage to him. He does damage to you. Uh, you're going to take six points of damage. Ouch. Minus your armor. That's minus two, I think. I think it is. As he swings his axe around and bites into your side. But as he's doing that, he falls upon the uh, jaggedy stick of wood that you're stabbing at him. And it sticks right in his neck. And he dies as black blood geysers from his neck. Awesome. Uh, mark the that, damage there. That was six. And then yep. my armor is two, so it's minus two. Yep, so, so okay, four. four. All right, just making sure. Goblin boss is down. All right, Zeno, you've got a goblin coming right at you, jumping at you with a spear. Goblin leaping, howling, screaming, ducking, and whipping off my robe to toss it, hopefully, over the goblin. Oh, all right. That sounds like a dexterity for me. Defy danger. Ooh, nice. That's a nine. It's a nine. Stumble, hesitate, or flinch. Worst outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. I've got two options for you here. As you mm-hmm. off your robe and fling it at the guy, uh, you're either in your hesitation going to knock your armor loose, so mm-hmm. you not get the benefit of it until you take time to adjust it, or in your mad flailings, you're going to leave yourself open to attack from this other goblin. Let's see. If I remember right, I was facing two goblins, right? Two goblins, one of whom is disarmed. Yeah, and the other one I'm throwing my yes. uh, robe over. So I'm going to say that in my more or less mad flailings, or just because I'm not a trained fighter, just a smart guy, yeah. I leave myself open to the other one. All right. So you uh, knock the goblin out of the way. You feel a uh, sudden stabbing in your leg as... The other goblin latches its mouth full of mismatched fangs into your thigh, gnawing two points of damage. The other goblin goes and falls in a thud across the way and is tangled up in your robe. Oh, you will get the benefit of your armor because you kept it, so it's two minus your armor, which I think is one. Yes. The one who's got a hold of me? I'm I'm picturing those ugly pointed bat ears that goblins... Yes. You typically have. I'm just going to grab a hold of his ears huh? and try to put my thumbs in his eyes. All right. That certainly sounds like that's a hack and slash. Doesn't need a whole lot of strength. Um, what is that for right. hack and slash? Is that plus, with plus strength? strength? Yep. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> this thing may be small, but it's wiry. And I am a old wizard. That's a four. It's a four. That's a four. All right. You're wrestling with the goblin. It's got some badass wiry strength. You're going to take another four points of damage as you struggle. It gets you on the ground as you're trying to poke out its eyes, and it's just gnawing on your hand. 
then that is not a muffled manly cry. <laughs> Four damage minus your armor. So three. All right, Florian. You see Zeno rolling on the ground with a goblin. There's no time for mating rituals. He's rolling on the ground with a goblin. With a goblin's got his hand in his mouth. Uh, there's another goblin across the way, tangled up in Zeno's robe, trying to free himself. <laughs> and you've got uh, two lesser goblins coming at you with spears. All right. Do Don't forget to uh, mark experience points for that failed attack there. Ah, uh, yes, thank you. I'm going to defend. Who are you defending? There's only one other person. Okay, defending. Defending myself would be defying danger, you see. Yes. How are you def- I am defending him by swinging my halberd, trying to slay the goblin who is... Well, that's more of an actual hack and slash there. I thought if you were defending someone else, it was defend, regardless of what you were doing. No, it's more like when you're standing in defense, interposing yourself, but if you're just going to go and try and kill that goblin that's on him, that's a hack and slash. Then hack and slash it is. Yeah, defend is like when you're trying to get people to... Kind of like when you're trying to call aggro upon yourself or uh, just standing, blocking someone like that in defiance. I got a nine for... uh, Nine. Hack and slash. Roll your damage. Three. Three? You nice. heard it badly. It shrieks high-pitched and shrill as your halberd bites into its back. That's what your mother said, too! And he, he uh, kind of, uh, you do knock him off of Zeno. However, uh, you feel uh, some quick jabs of pain as the other goblin, one of them, jabs its spear into you, but not very hard. It just glances you. You only take three points of damage minus your armor, which will bring it to one. One. Most of it's absorbed by armor as it glances off your shoulder. Zeno, what do you do? Goblin's off of you. Uh, the other one looks like it's just about out of your robes. Grimacing and holding one hand to my chest, I roll to the side and reach out with a slightly less angled hand, desperately trying to grab my staff again. Actually, I'm sorry. There's only three goblins left. One of them's wounded. So I guess, yeah, there's only one attacking Florian. Still, give me a defy dexterity. Or mm-hmm. defy danger with dexterity as you try and get it before another goblin comes barreling at you. And that's a ten. That's a ten. All right. You've got your staff free and clear. The other goblin whips off your uh, robe, has its spear, yes. and it is running at you. Florian, the one that Xena was fighting, that you damaged, turns on you, and it looks like it's making a beeline back towards the entrance, trying to escape, screaming in pain, while the other goblin uh, looks like it's covering the other one's retreat, jumping in front of you. What right. do you do? I'm going to get the one jumping in front of me. Hack and slash. Yep. And we roll, and the roll is a 9 plus 2 is 11. All right. So you can roll your damage or do extra damage but leave yourself open to attack. I'm going to leave myself open for an attack. Mm-hmm. Do another 1d6 damage in addition to my 1d10, yep. which that's going to be 4 plus... God damn it, I hate this fucking program. Two, so six. That is enough. You uh, get it right in the gullet. It goes down. And of course the next roll it would have made was a ten. You son of a bitch. That would not you. As the it computer dies, program. it throws its spear at you and it kind of wings you in the side for four points of damage minus your armor. Ouch. Okay, so down to 13. All right, Zeno, goblin's coming after you. The one that just freed itself from yes, my robe. Yes, with the spear uh, coming at you. You've got... Okay, then I'm going to actually lean forward 
thrusting the staff out at full extension, aiming for the center of its mass, trying to knock it back. Okay. Trying to knock it back more than hurt it? Yep. That sounds like a strength check, because you're trying to force it, power it through. So go with uh, yeah. plus strength for dividing. Oh, thank goodness I got a high roll here. So nine. Nine. As you start to jab into it, uh, you feel your staff start to crack down the middle. If you go through with this defense, it feels like it's probably going to uh, break the staff, but it'll shove them away for a bit. I'm already committed, so I'm going to follow through. You shove the goblin away, but yes, indeed, your staff splinters down the middle, having taken too much abuse in this endeavor. Mm-hmm. And now you've got like a nice little one-foot shaft of wood in your hand, all splintered at the end. What do you do? Now that I have that, and the goblin is back, kind of yep. off its footing for a second. back, yep. I'll actually take a moment to survey the scene around me. Okay. Uh, you notice there is a wounded goblin kind of limp running down the hallway. Away from us, Away from it me. sounds like. Yes. And no other goblins standing that I can see. Correct. And Florian is in what uh, kind of shape? I was aware that he was fighting, but... What's your hit points at? Thirteen. Thirteen? Uh, he's seen him better, but he's kind of looks like a death of a thousand cuts. Then I'll simply call out... Florian, there! And point with the jagged remnants of my staff at the reeling goblin. Florian, that happens. <laughs> uh, I'm going... <laughs> Do I still have the jagged shaft of the spear? Yes. I'm going to throw that at the goblin, but I'm aiming for... I don't know if it's considered a call shot, because I'm not exactly aiming it for any particular part. I'm just... More trying to avoid certain parts than, like, I'm not aiming for the neck. I'm aiming for, like, the torso area. All right. Center mass. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a volley. Okay. So uh, roll plus dex. Preferably, like, a shoulder or a... All right, that is... Dex, you say? Yes. Okay, this is... <laughs> Fun. Yeah, yeah, my total is three. Three! Well, mark experience. Yeah. You throw the dagger, or the shaft, and it arcs over him, echoing quite loudly down the hallway, down the direction he was heading toward. Right. Is that my only action I can do for right now? For now, what, uh, you weren't attacking the fleeing one, were you? Yes, I was. Oh, you're attacking the fleeing one, okay. Zeno, the healthy one, uh, with murder in his eyes, is jumping at Florian whose back is to him. And I'm going to kind of step aside to let it by. Okay. Continuing the motions, I end up behind it. If it lands on Florian or near it... it, It's leaping at him with a spear, let me clarify. Ah, okay. To jab a spear into his back. Then I'm leaping right in the way. Uh, We can do this two ways. You could either... Doing this uh, to defend him, so mm-hmm. uh, you take the attack, or you could aid Florian in his follow-up. Defend. That's my first instinct, so I'm going with defending him, roll plus uh, your con. basically okay, taking roll, the attack. Okay, roll plus your con. Okay. Oh, nice. That ends up being a nine. All right, so you hold one. Okay. And then you can spend that one, one for one, mm-hmm. uh, with the thing you defend are being attacked. To either redirect an attack from it to you, cut the damage in half, open the attacker up to the ally, giving him a plus one forward, 
or deal damage to the attacker equal to your level. If I open him up to an attack, uh-huh. does Florian still take the damage, or would I? Yes, Florian still takes the damage. Ah, okay, okay. So if then, you want to reduce the damage, you can either take it yourself by redirecting it, or just cut it in half. Then I'm going to go ahead and, since it's in keeping with my action, take the damage myself. Okay, so you interpose yourself. Yep. Florian, you feel, you know, bustling behind you. That, uh... Spears coming right down towards your Adam's apple. What are you doing? I'm kind of ducking my head and trying to interpose my chest, the leather armor I have. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of ducking my head and turning to the side. That's as much as I can do, really. Uh, that's a defy danger with constitutional saves. You're trying to muscle it off. All right. Maybe not the best combat instincts, but... Uh, so that's an eight. That's an eight. Worse outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. Your uh, armor can take the damage, but it's going to destroy it. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you can block some of the damage, and it'll be split between both of you two. Hmm. That is a tough choice, but because of what I was trying to do, I'm going to go with it destroys the armor, or basically renders it useless. Yep. The spearhead comes ripping across your old antique leather armor. Exactly. And it just shreds every little stitch and tine in it, and it just kind of falls to pieces around you. Oh, well, shit. Florian. I'm torn now because on the one hand, we're in combat. I had a plan I was going to do, and I don't know if it's realistic to say that I stopped the plan just because things are happening so fast. Do what you feel. Can we still see the fleeing goblin? Nope. He's in the shadows. Okay, then that makes my choice much easier. All right, screw it. I was going to give chase, but I can't. So I will dispose of this bastard who has uh, ripped my friend's armor, and it's hack and slash. It's hack and slash. I rolled a four plus my strength, which is six. All right. Um, Experience point? Experience point. That halberd's not really good up close combat like that. You really can't bring it to bear, but the goblin drops his uh, spear because he's really not good at close combat with that either and tries to bite your throat out, but uh, only does one point of damage and can't get through your tough scaly metal. But now it's all up right up in your face, wrapped around your chest, trying to bite at your jugular. Uh, Then I'm going to grab him around the throat and try to strangle him. All right. Hack and slash. There you go, ten. Ten. All right. Roll your damage, or roll your damage plus some, and leave yourself open. Well, this could very easily be a one-shot, so I think I will leave myself open, take the risk, finish this bastardo. Yeah, good call. That's five and a four for a total of nine damage. All right. It claws and bites and slashes at your arms as you're just... Throttling it. Five points of damage minus your armor. Three, okay. But eventually its eyes bug out and you hear and feel a satisfying crunch beneath your hands. And it goes limp. All right. And all is quiet. And down to ten hit points. I go over and check on Zeno. <coughs> I stand up. The armor that you know 
my father gave to me when I went to uh, the capital to become an apprentice so it would keep me safe. Had that armor for a hundred years. Is all just hanging open in tatters. The the animal from which it was taken is extinct now. There are no more. (laughs) What animal was that? Oh, that was the Dre Beast of the White Lands. Ah, no more Dre Beasts around. No, they were noble creatures. All slaughtered to make armor. <laughs> he, essentially. He looks at you, looks at the state of your armor, takes it in for a second, shakes his head. Next time, magic missile. And he pats you on the back. <laughs> How much XP has I run out? I have three. <laughs> I've got three as well. Okay. Next time, when I direct your attention to an unbloodied <laughs> foe at your back and my throat, <laughs> you would do well to mind me. I... Wait, I did! Didn't I? No, you you threw it at the... Uh, you're attacking the one that was running away. Oh, that's right. I was trying to get information out of a goblin who might have escaped. And he did escape. <laughs> And I, I bow well, my head, hold up, but, hold up my relatively uninjured hand in a placating gesture. Next time, as you say. <laughs> yes, next time. What do you do? Let us seek sign of your friend before the returns with more of his friends or with more of his kind. First, let's see if we can find any... Are there any spears left discarded? Yeah, there's a couple spears left. I recommend we take these here. This won't replace your staff, but at least it'll give you something to fight with. Ah. Cheap Turlian workmanship in any case. <laughs> that may be, but... Spear is a spear. I doubt we'll find any dray beasts around here anytime soon. Ah, indeed not. And I'll shrug out of the armor... And just let it lie where it falls. Ah. Poignant. Like your dreams of childhood. There's no way, there's no point in trying to fix it, is there? (laughs) Uh, Ah, there might be. You would know, but... (laughs) We don't really use skills in this game. How would I... I don't have the tools... You'd have to find a... For ancient Dray Beast leather armor, you'd have to find a Mastercraft... Ah, leather's leather. Come on now. Well, it depends on how you want it replaced. Sure, you can just patch it up. With some cowhide or something, but it would be pretty piecemeal. But if you want to make it back to the glory it once was, you need to find some super high skill. The glory it once was, and it was a one protection. It was really fancy looking, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ancient. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, it could be patched and repaired to make you know just kind of standard leather armor. But if it wants to be all fancy and whatnot and whatnot, well, you'd have to find a master craftsman and maybe. Yeah, which may or may not have its own challenges of trying to find something to replace Grey Beast hide. Well, in the meantime, since he looks like he's leaving it behind, I scoop it up and put it in my satchel that I just happen to have All right. for a fate point. While he's not looking? Yes. You've got a backpack. Oh, totally. Yeah, you've got a backpack. Don't worry. Okay. Of course you have a backpack. It's an adventure. Speaking of which, I'm going to draw some strips of linen from mine. Okay, so mark off one use of your adventuring gear. And that was five uses total, right? Yep. Okay. Basically, five times that you can define what you have in there. Gotcha. 
bind the worst of my wounds as well as I'm able to. Good. And then do the same for Florian. Easy enough. Do those usages refresh? Yeah, basically when you go back to town on the restock. These aren't there's actually is a, a equipment called bandages that do heal back damage, but that's not these in the uh, adventuring gear. But they are binded so it won't get infected. Yeah, the way that you heal back damage besides from magic is when you make camp, you heal damage equal to half your maximum HP. Gotcha. So healing doesn't take too terrible long. And if you actually are in town, you'll recover much quicker. Is that rounding up or down? Let's say round up. Okay. <laughs> Looking through the armor, like I said, it looks like it's mostly piecemeal type armor. Leather with bolted leather scraps. Some of them is bolted with coins on it to make a kind of really fake brigadine or scale armor. You notice some of the coins on the boss's armor look like they are old coins from the... I was just thinking we can maybe take some of the armor and give you something to cover yourself, to protect yourself with, even though it wouldn't be a very good fit, but maybe... Let us direct our efforts to the reason which we came to this place. I would agree, except for the fact that you have no protection, and please do not take this in offense, my friend. As a wizard, you are quite an asset when it comes to attacking when you remember to load the proper spells, but when you are... <laughs> he says, with a mischievous glint, it is not meant as a rebuke, necessarily. Yeah. But when it comes... When it, <laughs> but when I it com- smile, kind of shaking my head. <laughs> but when it comes to defending, sometimes you need help, and since we've already encountered much resistance, I think it is a good idea to get something, if if we can, that will at least give you some semblance of protection. Do as you will. I will seek signs of your mentor. All right, fine. Anyway. I know your uh, size. Some of the coins bolted to the uh, leather armor you recognize as dwarven minted coins from back during the days of the Empire, the kind of coins that you remember Rogue Sphere always using Hmm. to uh, buy things. If we only had a goblin to interrogate. I could point that someone knows how to speak with dead, and there are several dead goblins around. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. I had forgotten, and now I can't give him any more shit about the spells, because I'm sure he will be the one to point that out to Florian here. The problem being, while you can speak with the dead, you do not necessarily know how to speak goblin. Oh, hell. Death transcends language. (laughs) It might. All right. Well, do I see, by the way, any armor that might fit him? The one that the boss was wearing would fit badly and would take some time to refit, but could service. All right. Zeno, a moment, please. Found something. Hmm. What is it? Well, we have this as an option, and I point to the boss Gob's armor, and I say, so that could be a possibility if we take some time to... It won't be comfortable, but it could be effective. And yes, then do it. Also, and... also, you may have made a wise choice uh, of spells, because uh, we have several goblins here who are dead. Oh, yeah, I don't know. He has that spell, do I? He didn't tell me what spells he has. He just, I just know he does you not know have that he has. You know that in the past. He has been okay. able to speak okay. with the dead because we've been together for six years. I'm hoping, since you did not see fit to equip yourself with magic missiles, that you may have put something more along the lines of speaking with dead in your arsenal for the day. Indeed. 
but I speak little of their degenerate tongue. Right now, it is. And there may be others we need to speak with more urgently. We we have no leads. We have nowhere to go from here, but. And I'm going to just. That goblin was running somewhere, keep in mind. Yep. And I'm going to point to the chamber, you know, the one we opened the secret door to, but which we haven't had a chance to explore yet. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) And uh, start stepping in cautiously. Opens into a larger chamber, oblong, further down the wall, in the same side of the wall that you pushed into. There is another doorway leading outward. Inside here in the center is a fire pit. Mm-hmm. Burning a bit low now, but it's filling the room with that flickering orange light. There are two rough wooden benches haphazardly placed in the room, uh, as well as a couple of chairs. Some rough beds made out of piles of furs and old cloth and straw and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Certainly smells like goblin in here. Ugh. A handful of spears and small daggers and whatnot just piled here and there. As well as two large kegs of something propped up in a far corner. They do not look like goblin make. They look like human or dwarf made ale or wine barrels. Uh, with a number of like number of wooden and clay cups scattered around that. And that is what you see. Before I follow him into there, I remove Boss Gob's armor and carry it with me. And once I'm in there, I hand it to him. I'll uh, take it, and while I'm struggling into the unfamiliar garb, look it's to like those... too tight in some places and too loose in others. And as far as I know, that's just the way armor works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> look to those casks, Florian. I walk over and I open one. It is a dark ale of some sort. Smells of really good quality, actually. Smells of good quality uh, ale. It is, uh, it is branded on the side of the barrel. It is the uh, Seven Merchants Ale House. Or a brewery, not Ale House. Ale House would be where it would be going. Seven <laughs> Merchants Brewery. Seven Merchants Brewery. Take a swig. Uh, pretty good stuff, actually. I close the cast. Strong, good uh, woody taste to it. A lot of malt. Not fashioned by goblin hands, unless I miss my guess. No, I don't think so. Tastes too good to be of goblin make. See you anything else fashioned by the race of dwarves? Um... And I'm looking around, too, to see if there's anything, you know, other than those casks that looks dwarfish. I don't know, but I'm taking those daggers. The daggers, one of them is obviously a uh, cooking knife. <laughs> the other ones are just daggers, not in great condition. Actually, one of them looks pretty old and out of raw iron, not steel. A couple other ones are just standard daggers of no import. Right, I'm just taking them so I have throwing weapons at my disposal okay. that don't include my gotcha. comfort. Four daggers. Okay. Zeno, in a pile of one of the larger beds, just kind of mm-hmm. discarded, are a pair of stout boots with hobnails at the end. And they do look dwarven make. They're kind of the big, chunky use that dwarven make. Too small for goblins who have kind of long, narrow feet. Mm-hmm. Yet too wide for humans. But those are definitely and dwarf boots. Without a word, I'll bring those out and set them on top of the cask in front of Florian. These are big, chunky, heavily built, but well-crafted boots. They're, they're clearly... dwarf boots, yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Hmm. The hell, I've been watching too much Lone Ranger. That was very Tonto-esque. <laughs> uh, Sammy, these look, these like, look yes. like dwarf boots. These could have been made by dwarves, yes. But we still have. Can you think of a reason why a living dwarf would leave his boots behind? Or his ale? These are big barrels of ale, not the type that you would normally be able to uh, carry around with you, but the type you would put on a wagon and cart right. around. And for all I know, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> that's true. He might have left with many more of these and, and intend to sell them, and he's going to come back for these here. Tap, tap. Maybe he has more than one pair of boots. It is possible, yes. I think we may have learned all we can for now. And that goblin will be returning, doubtless with some of his foul kin. Yes. Then we should probably make ourselves scarce. For the time being, that would seem a wise course. It would seem your friend was here, at the very least. Yes. And I'm going to turn and take one last look at this area. Looking around, I'm trying to see if there's any other hidden panels or, or anything else like that Well, before as, we leave for now. As you turn around, mm-hmm. stepping from the shadows like a silent wraith is a uh, tall humanoid figure. Looks like an elf, but his skin is a uh, deep purple-green color, like the color of an old bruise. Yellow-white hair, the color of old bone. Wearing what looks like it was once kind of fancy Baroque armor, but it's now been badly beaten and ill repair. One hand is carrying a sword with a curved blade serrated along the edge. And behind him is another goblin in scab-red robes, a peaked cowl drawn over his head with spidery, wicked-looking runes stitched across it. Kind of a green liquid energy glowing around his hands, dripping to the ground where it kind of sizzles and burns. And the uh, elf says, Well, looks like more interlopers. And I think that is our cliffhanger, is it not? Because yep, it is. That's going to be the cliffhanger, yep. So that's our good cliffhanger setup. Yep. Nice. Man, this, this was a load of fun. It's yeah. great doing a classic style adventure. And I was talking with Blind Geek about, I remember earlier games where when you were low level, you were in serious danger from just ordinary stuff sometimes. Yeah. But it has neat twists that let you make it more kind of cinematic in some ways or more dramatic, depending on what you want to do with it. Yeah, because it's narrative focused, you're allowed to do whatever kind of cool stuff you want, and it's still using the same mechanics. I like it. Yeah, I like the the mood and what we've set up so far. Yeah, that's what I really like. It's got that, this and any other games I've played that are apocalypse powered, it's got the same thing that it does with Fiasco, where it starts off and you're kind of like, hey, we got characters... And we got some vague backgrounds, but then it's just that first half hour of asking questions back and forth and mm-hmm. just get this magic where suddenly everything gels. And you're like, yes, yes, exactly yes. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about that when we were finishing up. Whenever anyone says world building and you get to be a creative force in your game, I'm like, oh, God. But then – Yeah, but you always do so good in it, Eric. I know, but that's what I keep – it's like you would think by now I would learn. But my brain still has that, oh, God, reaction. And then once we get going, it's like, oh, 
I love watching it fall into place. But yeah, and it's usually a pretty sudden thing. It's just like all of a sudden, like yes, got well, it. I think the thing you that know. helps me is I keep when I first start wanting to be all creative, and what I'm learning is, and I've read it in some game somewhere. I'm sure I just I've read. Yeah, I know but, where you're going. Like, what, go ahead. what I'm learning is that you go ahead and just, regardless of how you go, oh, this is cliche, start with the first thing that pops into your head because that's not the last question you're going to be answering. And as the other questions get answered, what was once something very cliche gets a, all of a sudden, there's a wrinkle in there that you did not mm-hmm. see coming and you couldn't yeah. have seen coming when you first picked it and you're just like, that is awesome. Yeah, there was, a, there was advice going around on the uh, podcasts circle a couple of years ago. It popped up on a lot of them where it's like, especially with story games, it's like there's the impulse to try and overthink things. It's like, no, just go with your first impulse. It'll be fine because usually when you try to overthink things, to think of something that's going to be cool or indie, it just comes mm-hmm. out lame. Just like yes. go, with, go with your gut yeah, and trust that it'll be fine. It's the old – They're tropes. It's that's the old match game principle. They're tropes. That's why they've stuck around for thousands of years because yep, they yep. they ring true. But it's so hard to remember that when, at least for me, when I'm in the thick of it and yeah. and uh, I'm trying to come up with something. No, that's not. That's too easy. No, and I did today. I did that. I was like, no, damn it, just go, just do it. Yeah. So and it worked. And out that's really what well. these games do is they give you the power to do what you want to do. You don't have to go into crazy art class land. Yeah. yeah. But if you have some idea that's different or something that you really like, it gives you the power to use that. Right. Yeah. Or it'll turn your – what wasn't your art class idea into something that is really cool by the time yeah. it's yeah. done. I'm yeah. really digging Yeah, like this. I came in here, you know, just going to dundra. And then the fact that it's like, oh, my goodness, and within like 10 minutes we had like not only – you guys, it's not just a bunch of group of adventurers going like, hey, there's a magic sword at the bottom of this cairn. Why don't you go find it? It's like, oh, I got two characters that are trying to reestablish the entire fallen empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one really who was like there and one who's like part of a struggling order, you know, that's been fighting for the past hundred years to rebuild things. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect that at all, and it's wonderful. <laughs> And you, you really feel like why they would be at the heart of this story. I, I really like Oh, it's like just that. that's a license to write adventures, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. Hey, artifact from the Fallen Empires over in this gun dungeon. Maybe you should go find it. Oh, yes, yeah. you should go find that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, awesome. as a, just as a basic example there, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, this, I really like the way that you're running this. I like, I like the mood that it sets. Want to play it again? <laughs> absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, good. But uh, next week is Dresden, ostensibly? Yes. Yes. All right, cool. But then after that, I'm totally up for continuing with some Dungeon World, if you guys are. I would love to. Sweet. All right. Shall we call it an evening? What do you think, guys? Sounds like a good plan to me. restroom, if nothing else. (laughs) All right. We we certainly can't call it a turkey dinner. That wouldn't make any sense. That's very true. Speaking of dinner, that's one of the things I'm going to go and rustle up. See you next Thank week. you very much. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yep. Take care, gang. Thanks a lot. Yeah. A lot of cat time.
And there it was, Dungeon World Session 1. I really enjoyed playing this game. I hope we can play it again sometime in the future. We did play one more session so far, and that'll be coming to you soon. But I wouldn't mind playing it again. Those who know my gaming habits know that Dungeons & Dragons, as it has existed thus far, has not been really my cup of tea. I will tell you I'm looking forward to checking out the 5th edition, which is due out any time now. I'll be getting that free starter set that they're putting out, because it may be just the right balance I like for fantasy gaming. But Dungeon World fits that build as well. I mean, it's very rules light, and yet it still has the coolness that can be had from the fantasy setting. Anyway, if you agree, if you disagree, either way, we would love to find out. So like us on Facebook and leave us some comments. We'll reply. We'd love hearing from you. You can find our Facebook page either by searching for Monkeys Took My Jetpack on Facebook or by going to our website at mtmjetpack.com and clicking on the Facebook page there. Alternatively, you can leave us an email directly at feedback at mtmjetpack.com. So, like I said, love to hear from you, and we look forward to it. Next time, it's back to Dresden. So, until then, this is Blind Geek thanking you for listening and reminding you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. You've got to keep it fired up, and always, let it soar.